what's good, y'all? What's good, Joe? Welcome to another episode of the Amatelka TIS podcast with your host, yours truly, Josh Shields. Should the welcome you in here on the weekend of Saturday, December the 5th, the year 2020, 20 days until Christmas 2020. Got a uh, short show, but a good show here for you this weekend. Uh, preview and give you my picks week 13. Against the spread and preview week 13 of the National Football League for you. And let's just jump right into it. Uh, There's three games really if you, you know, if you have, you know, if you are, you don't have to do any uh, Christmas shopping, whether it's on the internet or, uh, you know, going it, going uh, like I did, going out to the mall with a mask on doing Christmas shopping, you know. Well, you don't have to do that. You don't have to go on any birthday little, uh, I don't want to call them drive-bys, but uh, car parades, you know, for birthdays. You no know, bar, bot, mitzvahs, virtual Zooms, none of that nonsense. And you want to sit down on a Sunday. I believe it's the first Sunday. Yeah, the first Sunday in the month of December. You want to watch some football. Uh, as far as the afternoon games and mys, there are three games that are not even on. Well, two of them on Sunday. One of them, uh, one of them is on Monday, and it's not the Monday night game between the Bills and the Forty Nine. As I tell you that, but there's three games. You say, you know what? Three ga- If you were allowed three games to watch Week Thirteen, what three games would they be? Browns, Titans, Rams, Cardinals, Washington. Against the Steelers, which which will be played at Monday at five o'clock, uh, in on uh, at Heinz Field on Monday. Rams Cardinals, of course, that game is in Arizona, and the Browns Titans is at one o'clock, and that game will be played in Tennessee. So let's jump into the Browns and the Titans first, and then get on to the other two and get to the picks and everything else. Um, with Cleveland. With Cleveland, they, you know, coming off of a win last week on the road against Jacksonville, Baker Mayfield has not, you know, played outstanding football. But then again, you know, when you have one of the best running games in the National Football League, you really don't, you don't need to. I mean, and, and I didn't think about, and I didn't think about this. You know, Cleveland three years ago went 0-16 with Deshaun Kaiser. At quarterback. Think about that for a minute. 0-16, three years ago. 
with Deshaun Kaiser at quarterback. And Baker Mayfield, now is Baker Mayfield Otto Graham, Bernie Kosar? No, he is not. But considering where this franchise was a short three years ago, Cleveland fans have nothing to complain about. Are there holes in this game? Yes. Does he turn over? The, does he, does he uh, you know, does he, can he be a little careless with the football? Absolutely. But he's a lot better. He's the, the, he honestly, and this is not high, and I'm not exercising in hyperbole when I say this. He is the best quarterback they have had in the last 10 years. And that's not a knock, a knock against Baker. That's just what he is the best quarterback they have had in 10 plus years. Remember, three short years ago, 0 16, Deshaun Kaiser. Three years later, from 2017, yeah, it took a global pandemic in the U.S. to go to 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 put on its self destruction mode. But we are now into December, and Cleveland has eight wins. Now I expected that. I predicted that I picked Cleveland to go nine and seven and make the playoffs. So I knew that Cleveland eventually was going to get out of its own way and start putting together a couple winning streaks and getting themselves on track and winning foot and start winning football games. Was I a little skeptic skeptical when they got absolutely embarrassed by the Ravens in week one? Yes. But, you know, Cleveland, they got a good defense. They got Miles Garrett back. They got one of the best uh, top-tier run, running attacks on all the football. Baker Mayfield's good. He's not great, but he's bounced back from his piss-poor 2019 campaign. He's throwing 21 interceptions. But he he's he hasn't been terrible. Hasn't been terrible. His completion percentage is up from last year, 61.2%. Stone for 21-08 passing yards, 17 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. So his interceptions from last year are way down, which if you're a Cleveland Browns fan, it's a good thing. Doesn't like he'll throw for the same amount of passing yards like he did last year. But hey, when he's keeping the when he's when he's kept the turnovers to a minimum, you gotta take and he's gotten you to eight wins this season. You, you, you'll take that if you're a Cleveland Browns fan. Considering, again, all of those years from the 2000s and the 2010s where you were number one, two pick in the draft each and every single year. And when, when they go like a three-year period where they went one in 30-something, they won one game in, in three years. You take that in a heartbeat, you're a Cleveland Browns fan. Considering all the muck and mire your franchise has gone through in the last 15 plus years, you will take that in a heartbeat. Your team was the league laughing stock for, what, about a dozen years. A league laughing stock. Johnny, do I have to go through the names? Johnny Manziel, Brandon Whedon, Tim Couch, Trent Richardson. Josh, do I have to go through them? And I said this after the Pittsburgh game back at the beginning of the season. You know, everyone was all going crazy. Oh, Cleveland. You know, the sky's falling. Cleveland, oh my gosh. You know, when it got destroyed by Pittsburgh. I'm like, y'all got to step back. Like, 
you'll have to step back and look with some objectivity and look with the thing called common sense. The Cleveland Browns, as of right now, are in a point of position where they are being they are competitive. They are playoff contenders. Are they? Are they in a position where are they in the same class as the Chiefs, where not going to and or winning the Super Bowl is in this in that particular season is is considered a failure? No. Cleveland goes to the playoffs, gets knocked out first round, wins a playoff game, gets knocked out divisional round. Their season is a huge, huge, huge success. Kansas City makes the playoffs and gets ambushed by a team like Cleveland or Tennessee or Indianapolis or loses an AFC championship game to Pittsburgh. Their season is a failure. Why? Because they already set the standard high for themselves at the beginning of, you know, when they went to the AFC Championship game in 2018 and when they won the Super Bowl in 2019. So when you set a standard, you have to live up to it, regardless how low or how high that standard is. Standard for the Cleveland Browns, pretty low considering their history in the last 12 to 15 years. Now, they make the playoffs in 2020. They lose in the first round. Their season is considered a success. 2021, their goal is to take a stab at winning the division, make the playoffs again. When when you get in, win a playoff game. They win a playoff game. Then it goes to make a run at a conference championship. They They make a run at a conference championship. Then it's what? Super Bowl. Super Bowl. It's it's a it's steps. It's a process. So that's why I came on here. Y'all remember after the Pittsburgh game, I said, y'all got to slow your roll on this here. Cleveland's goal is not to... If you expected Cleveland... I understand that they were embarrassing and non-competitive in the game, but this is this is Cleveland. You know, this is a team that a short three years ago went 0-16 and was a league, league, league laughingstock. They're not there yet as far as their development as as a competitive football team to, you know, fight tooth and nail, uh, you know, with their games against uh, against Pittsburgh. They're not there yet. They're not, you know, fighting with with Baltimore and, and Pittsburgh. They're not there yet. Just now they're starting. Do you remember how much of a doormat they were against the Bengals? Now they're starting to... Well, I think they've won like what three? I think they won maybe four or five games in a row against the Bengals. Now, they were the Bengals doormat a short five years ago. It's a process. Once they start getting, they start get you know they start balancing out their their rivalry with with um with the Bengals. Ravens will be, and then they get. It's a process, so. They played well last. They played all right against Jacksonville last week. They got their eighth win of the season, clinched a plus five hundred winning season. The first time Cleveland's done that since two thousand and seven. They go on the road. They play Tennessee, 
who coming off of a phenomenal, 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 phenomenal performance against uh, the Indianapolis Colts last week. And I came on here and I told you guys on Wednesday that, look, I understand that that you know that it's a that it's a quarterback driven league and the quarterback is the most valuable position in the sport. I get all that and I understand all that, but Derrick Henry deserves uh, a hell of a lot more MVP consideration, considering that time and time and time again he has carried this football team on his back. Running for, I mean, this guy just runs. The guy runs wild. Run, he racked up three touchdowns last week against Indianapolis. Three touchdowns. I mean, Derrick Henry is the best running back in football, and I think, in my opinion, is top five, top three in the MVP conversation. Because, and I tell you why. You take Derrick Henry off the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee is not a eight and three football team without Derrick Henry in first place. Not a chance in hell. You take Derrick Henry off the Tennessee Titans, they are not winning. They are not winning. They're not winning eight games. They do not have eight wins come early December. They don't. They don't. You take their, they, they, if you take Derrick Henry off of last year's Tennessee Titans team, they are not getting to the AFC Championship game. Derrick Henry is straight up and down a bona fide running back and a straight up and down beast. He has rushed for over 1,200 yards on the season. He's rushed for 12 touchdowns. Last game, let me let me pull it up right quick. Last week, he ran for 178 yards on 27 carries and three touchdowns. Derrick Henry is a stud. And... I'm going to reiterate it again. He deserves some serious MVP consideration because this Tennessee Titans team, as good as the Coach Vrabel is, as gritty and as hard-nosed of a team Tennessee is, Tennessee Titans are not in first place in the AFC South if Derrick Henry is not running the football. I mean, this guy is the 21st century version of take your pick. You can go Earl Campbell. You can go Chris Johnson from back in the day, when I mean back in the day, like 10 years ago, or Eddie George. Take your pick, but he's the 21st, well, not the 21st century of uh, Chris Johnson, but he's the 21st century of Eddie George or Earl Campbell. Take your pick, because this guy runs over defenses, runs over them. Every, like, I, again, one more, everyone in the stadium knows he's getting the ball. Everyone on both sidelines know he's getting the ball. Everyone watching on television knows that Derrick Henry get, is getting the football. And teams still can't find a way to stop him. They can't find a way. And, and honestly, when, and when Tennessee runs the ball as often and as precise as they do, what does it do? It has, the Titans have long offensive drives. And what happens? It wears out the defense. It wears out the defense. You know, they start. They start getting tired. They start getting tired, you know, when Derrick Henry's running directly at him. Who who's gonna have the advantage? With the full head of steam with the full head of steam and all that momentum. Derrick Henry or the defender who's been out on the field for game time, you know, seven seven to ten minutes of game time and re in real time, real, you know, 
earth time, been out on the field for the last for the last half hour or so, hasn't you know, hasn't gotten much of a break, who's gassing, who's steam trying to catch his breath while also trying to do their job in stopping Derrick Henry. And I, I tell you, he deserves top consideration. I know his name isn't Aaron Rodgers, and I know his name isn't Patrick Mahomes. I know he doesn't play the quarterback position. I know he plays on, you know, Tennessee Titans are not a quote-unquote sexy football team. And they're not the Green Bay. He doesn't play on the Green Bay Packers. He doesn't play on the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, I, I get that. He doesn't play on the New England Patriots. He doesn't play on the Pittsburgh Steelers. I get that. But he deserves some serious, serious, serious MVP consideration. MVP comes down to three players. Derrick Henry, Mahomes, Rodgers. I had a vote. I'm voting Derrick Henry. Again, nothing to take away from the both of them because those two are phenomenal players and are phenomenal talent. But there are times where the Tennessee Titans play football games, and if you're a Tennessee Titans fan and or watch this team more closely on a week-in, week-out basis than I do, you know that there are games where their entire offense is Derrick Henry. You know, Mahomes is, you know, Mahomes is surrounded, as great as he is, Mahomes is surrounded with a bunch of all pros and a Hall of Fame offensive-minded coach in Andy Reid. Okay? So, and no disrespect to Vrabel, but let's be serious. Andy, Randy Reid re- could retire after tomorrow and they'd put him in the Hall of Fame come 2025. Hall of Fame head coach and a bunch of all pros around him. McCall Hartman, Tyreek Hill, Clyde Edwards, Elan, and then of course, uh, I think still the best tight end in football in Travis Kelsey. I mean, come on. I mean, come on now. No disrespect to Mahomes, but it's not like that he's playing with a bunch of... Uh, with a bunch of bona fide scrubs, man, man, he there's a, probably a few Hall of Famers other than Mahomes that suits up with him on the Kansas City on the Kansas City Chiefs offensive side of the football. You know, Derrick Henry's got Ryan Tannehill as his quarterback, and AJ, Bur- you know, this guy, you know, Derrick Henry's quarterback is not Steve McNair, and 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 you know, and they don't have Kevin Dyson and Derrick Mason as their wideouts. You know. Steve, Steve, Steve McNair's gone. He's gone. Ryan Tannehill is no Steve McNair. He's no Warren Moon. So, uh, so I mean, he deserves serious consideration. And Tennessee's going to come in there after their win last week against Indianapolis. 8-3. and three. Both of these teams are 8-3. and three. Cleveland's in second place. Took over second place up, I think, by two games. Yes, two games up. In front of Baltimore, who's in third place, trailing them by two games, which is why that game next Monday night would be so intriguing between Cleveland and Baltimore. Um, while Tennessee is trying to uh, take their lead in the AFC South and run with it, um, Indianapolis, just to give you, Indianapolis plays Houston, which should be a very winnable game for them. So they need to beat Cleveland if they want to still uh, keep and hold on to their first place lead in the AFC South. And uh, it should be an intriguing and exciting football game. I think this game should have been put on. Uh, I think this game, myself, me personally, should have been put on Sunday night foot. Should have been put on Sunday night football. That's just me. Have, have put this put this game on Sunday night 
and put uh and put Kansas City and put Kansas City and Denver at one. That's my personal opinion and my preference. Put Kansas City and and Denver at one and put this game on NBC on Sunday night. But because NBC, you know, it loves to give it wants to jam Mahomes down our throat. We have to deal with that. But this, I think, by far is the best game on paper, the best game of the weekend. And who would have thought that you'd be saying that about a game with the Cleveland with the Cleveland Browns being one of the two participants here on December the sixth? Who would have thought that a, a short three years ago? Who would have thought? Who would have thought it? He would, who would have thought? Who would have thunk it? The old, as the old phrase goes, who would have thunk it? Second best game of the weekend, or second most intriguing, is the Rams going up against the Arizona Cardinals. Los Angeles Rams, you know, I said it on Wednesday and I'll say it again. You know, when you know when they lose a game against the San Francisco 49ers at home, you know, with that team injured to Helen back without their starting quarterback, without Nick Bosa, um, and, and and Nick Mullins is behind center. I I I I cannot take the Los Angeles Rams seriously as a football team. I mean they got they got embarrassed. I mean let's I mean you want to go through it. Let's go let's go through the Rams. Let's go through the Rams schedule and go through their losses because this is you know and I'm, Mike in Orange County, my buddy out out you know out in that L.A. area loves loves his Rams. He loves them. But I'm Mike. I I can't. I told him, Mike. I cannot take this football team seriously. Okay, they should have gotten. Had the Bills had the Bills know how to. Uh, if had the Bills known to put the coup de gras on the Rams back in Week Three, that game would have been a complete blowout. And I don't want to hear well the refs screwed them over because the Rams had no business winning that football game anyway. The 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 uh, the Bills the Bills lead I believe in that in that game was twenty eight to three. That game should that game should have never been close. Never been close. That and also considering that the refs got to a Super Bowl because of ref ball, I don't want to hear the Ram fan moan and groan about ref ball when they when they got to a Super Bowl because of it a, a short two years ago. And they should have gotten. And that game should have been a a forty one to six massacre instead of thirty five thirty two. And Buffalo is one of the is one of the top tier football teams in the NFL. They lost to Buffalo week three. 49ers, they can never beat the 49ers, which is very, which it, it might, you might not think it's troubling, but I think it's very troubling. If you can't beat a team, regardless how injured or how decimated their roster is, I cannot take you seriously as a big time team in the NFC. I can, I cannot put you in the same conversation as the Seahawks, as the Seahawks, Packers, and Saints. I, I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm just not. Yeah, and I understand that they took care of business against Tampa Bay, but I can't put you in the same class as Seattle, Green Bay, and the Saints when you when you can't when you can't beat the 49ers for anything, and you should have gotten blown out by Buffalo. Buffalo was a better team back in Week Three, and then and then a Nick Mullins led team. You lose you lose you lose to San Francisco in your own building twenty three to twenty. That that's just unacceptable. And and that's why I can't take the Rams seriously. I know they're seven and four. I can't take them seriously. Uh, so outside of this game against Arizona, they 
Patriots, who knows? Jets will be a win. At Seattle, I'm not too sure. So they got some one they got some winnable games. They could if they're if they play well and if they keep their nose to the grindstone, finish the season twelve and four. I think what they got uh five games coming up. I think they'll go two and three. I think that I think the Rams will finish the season nine and seven. And uh, depending on how things uh, depending on how Arizona goes depending on how how Arizona plays and how um and how the Bucks play and how um they well you know, 9 9 and 7 might be, make be uh might make the playoffs but if they do make the playoffs they are not under any circumstances my hot pick to be hoisting the Lombardi trophy in Tampa Florida I I tell you that right now um they are coming off of their loss last week against the 49ers by the Cardinals are uh, coming off of their loss last week on the road against the New England Patriots, where they did not play well. Uh, let me just read you. Uh, let me read you the stats while I uh, pull them up here. They they did not play well under any circumstances. Kyler Murray, uh, Kyler, hey, you know what it was? It was it was Bill Belichick out coaching out coaching uh, Cliff Klondike bars. I like to call him. You know, like I said on Wednesday, and I'll say it again. With your life on line, who do you want coaching the big spot? Belichick or Cliff Kingsbury? I know Kingsbury would is, you know, thinking all the ladies just fall all over him because he thinks he's some pretty white boy that looks like he belongs on the cover of GQ magazine. Uh, give me a break. Uh, so I, and I am not no, not not no no any and he's and he's a decent coach, but he's got a lot to learn. Got absolutely Bill co- Belichick coach circles around him. One even funny. I mean, when Cam Newton, when your when your passing yard stat is this nine for eighteen, eighty four yards passing and two touchdowns, and you still find a way to lose the football game, that's alarming. And you you can have all the talent in the world with Kyler Murray, and I understand Zangin's odds to kick or miss the field goal. You got all the talents in the world with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald and Kenyon Drink running running the ball, running the football out the backfield. You can have all the talent in America you want. When 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 the op when the opposing quarterback puts up dog, dog fill in the blank stats like that, and you still can't win the football game, that's an issue. And it ain't like this New England Patriot team is a shoe in to make the playoffs either. I mean, you you Cam Newton goes nine for eighteen, can't even throw for for ninety yards passing in the game total. Then then score a touchdown. And uh, didn't score a touchdown and uh, and threw two interceptions. That that's that's that that's that's unacceptable. That's unacceptable. It, I'm sorry. It just this. So they're coming off of their loss. Uh, they're coming off of excuse me. They're coming off of their loss against New England. They're six and five. The Rams right now are seven and four. Uh, the Cardinals win this game. They leapfrog the uh, Rams in the AFC or excuse me, in the NFC West division standings. Should be an intriguing football game because one because one of these two teams or both could uh, end up making the playoffs as a wild card team coming out of the NFC. Uh, and then the last game of Week 13 will be played at 5 o'clock Monday afternoon between Washington, between uh, the Redskins and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, uh, Washington 4-7 coming off of their great, impressive win. They've won, well, they've won two in a row now. They beat my Bengals, of course, and then they've beat 
the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. So even with the so they got so they have uh so they've had more than enough time off. I mean, this is you know the longest gap you can have on a and and given regular sets of circumstances as when you play that Thursday night that Thursday game and then you don't play the next week until Monday night. So they have they have as uh they have you know the longest amount of time off without having a bye week. So Washington should be rested and and uh raring to go on Monday while Pittsburgh of course is uh and Washington their defense has played well. Uh, Chase Young's wrecked havoc. Uh, Alex Smith has been competent. They got a good they got a good running back. Um, Antonio Gibson coming out the backfield. Ron Rivera, they got a decent coach. Not he's not all you know, he's not all that, but he, he's he's a good coach. And uh, Washington, I think in my eyes, is the favorite twenty NFC is is my favorite twenty NFC uh is my favorite twenty NFC East. Uh at what record? Let me pull up their schedule right quick. Um at what record they got the Steelers this week. They uh 49ers and the Seahawks, so they they could be they could beat um they could beat uh, San Francisco. So I see they got what they got they're four and seven. Um I I don't think they'll beat Pittsburgh four and eight. They'll beat San Francisco uh five and eight, lose to Seattle five and nine. Beat Carolina six and nine. Beat the so I think I think Washington will make the playoffs and win their division with a uh, with a seven and nine record to win the to win the NFC East. While Pittsburgh, on the other hand, did not play well. Mike Tomlin was adamant about that in his post game press conference on Wednesday about how annoyed and how disgusted he was with Pittsburgh's overall performance against uh, Washington's uh, Beltway rival Ravens on uh, on Wednesday receivers dropping every ball in sight they cannot run the foot they do they cannot run the football real uh, well at all uh, their defense you're not happy about uh, you're not happy about that Trace McSorley to uh, Hollywood Brown 70 yard pass that made the game interesting late in the fourth quarter you don't like the idea that Pittsburgh's red zone offense was you know, was atrocious for the good part of that game on Wednesday. So, you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. You know, you get you got you got to improve, and you got to uh, you got to improve, and got and you got to uh, get things right uh, quick, fast, and in a hurry because you're in a position where you literally cannot afford. I understand people people are like, well, Pittsburgh needs to lose the game so they can step back and refresh, and yada yada yada, but not realizing that. It's not again. We're not, and as much I wish that we still were, we're not playing in the in the playoff format that we've known for the last what ten plus years, where top two seeds get a bye, and you know, and 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 and, uh, and that's it. You know, only the one seed gets a bye. So Pittsburgh, if they want that number one seed and want to host the AFC Championship game, they literally cannot lose a game. They 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 can't they can't. I understand that it may be better, you know, mentally for the team if they lose a game for them to hit that reset button and to basically, you know, unclench un you know to uh, to loosen them up a little bit. So, you know, all the pressure's like, huh. We don't have to worry about that undefeated wreck. But if they want if but if if they want to win the Super Bowl, their best bet is to finish sixteen and zero. 
lock up the number one seed, and take care of business against whoever they play divisional round weekend and and get that AFC championship game in their own building. Because if this team has to play an extra playoff game, they I, I do not trust Pittsburgh to uh to play three to play three playoff games in order to get to, to the Super Bowl. Their best bet and he, their best bet is to get that by and run with it. Cause I'm looking at this team. This team's gotta win two games to go to Tampa, not three. Now it'd be it'd be unlucky because first year with the new quote unquote playoff format, they're the number one they're the number two seed and they have to play wild card weekend. I didn't like it either when they when they announced it back in the springtime, but it is what it is. With 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 Pittsburgh they they gotta they Pittsburgh cannot fall into that trap of playing below their competition again. Because a team because unlike unlike all the other opponents that they've played, Dallas and and you know, this Washington team is a gritty, gutty four and seven football team. They got a good defense, got a good pass rush, and they are and you know, even though they have a sub five hundred record, they're playing to win the division and, and to make the playoffs just like Pittsburgh is. So if Pittsburgh wants to improve at twelve and oh, they cannot take Washington lightly under any circumstances. They can't. They can't. They can't. And again, I and, and granted the Chiefs may lose another uh, uh, one one more game because they still have to play the Saints. They may lose one more game, so so it may give Pittsburgh a little bit of wiggle wiggle room with locking up the number one seed. But if you're Pittsburgh, I know like you want you lo- you low key want a loss to like reset your reset the players' minds and their mindset. But if you want to go to the Super Bowl, your best bet is to finish sixteen and zero, run the table, get that bye, and only have to worry about playing two playoff games to get to Tampa instead of three. That's my perspective as far as Pittsburgh is concerned. And I understand. And people were talking this week about um, who well, who's the best team in the who's the best team in the NFL? Who's the best team in the NFL? Well, I look at it. I I I honestly see. I there's no you know. You could say Pittsburgh by default because we're in December and they're still the only undefeated team left. But then you watch them play like this team is the, they don't play like the best team in football. Kansas City does. But then when you go to Kansas City, their defense is nowhere near as good as Pittsburgh's. And you wonder if because they blow guys out all the time, are they going to be able to grind out, you know, and they did have to grind out a game against the Raiders you know, a few weeks back, but other than that, you know, because they beat because they beat their opponents so outside of outside of the Raiders, they beat their opponents so handily. You know, you wonder if if uh, if the Chiefs, you know, with their backs against the wall, can fight and and scratch and claw tooth and nail to win. You know, t- and know how to grind out football games and you know come playoff time against against superior opponents. Which is something that Pittsburgh obviously has proven that they, you know, that when a tough gets going, the going gets tough, that they know how to grind out games against their opponents and pull out of there with, with the W. The Chiefs have only proven that one time this season. That was on the road against the Raiders. Everyone else, they've beaten them. You know, they've beaten their opponents outside of Oakland or Oakland, outside of Vegas, pretty, uh, pretty uh, handily. 
which is what you would worry about because because outside of Oakland, which is like a little weird, we we all know Oakland is nowhere near the, is nowhere near a Super Bowl contender in the AFC, but outside of the Raiders, it's it's you know are they you know they it's like outside of that weird situation with with the Raiders, they haven't really been tested yet. The Ravens didn't they have they haven't been tested yet, and you would think that going up against each other head to head in the AFC Championship game. Who would you take? Because Pittsburgh's been battle tested, you know, with their tight games that they've played again, you know. And granted that they've had a soft schedule, you know, Giants and Daniel Jones and Jeff Driscoll and the and the Broncos and Bell Bryant and I understand all that, but from a Pittsburgh, but from a Pitts, from a positivity from Pittsburgh side, is that that they look like they look like that they've proven. To America and to themselves, that they know how to grind out football games when, if, if and when need be. That they know how to put the nose to the grindstone when their backs are against the wall. And know how to grind out football games against teams who give them a hard time or because of their own wrongdoing playing down the competition. Outside of that one game against the Raiders a few weeks ago, the Chiefs have not proven to me. Have not proven that to me, which which would concern me. Also considering that. Kansas City's defense is nowhere near in the same universe as good as good of a defense as Pittsburgh is, and also that old mantra, defense wins championships. It'd be interesting to see. I understand Mahomes is essentially people like to make Mahomes out to be Jesus Christ, but defense still wins championships. I mean, at least I would, I would at least they still do. So. Alright, so you can make you me personally as far as who's the best team in the AFC slash the NFL is, you can make an argument for both teams. You can have Chiefs in number one, I won't be mad at it, and I won't and I can't argue with it. You got Pittsburgh number one, and I can't argue or gripe with that either. Me I mean personally it's a toss it's a sheer toss up between the two. And and to I, w- I wish these two teams would have played uh, the third week at the third you know in week three instead of Pittsburgh and uh, not Pittsburgh instead of uh, the instead of Kansas City and Baltimore I wish it was Kansas City and Pittsburgh to be quite honest with you. Take a break. Week thirteen picks against the spread. Right. Welcome back to the I'm Telling You T.I.S. podcast. You know what time it is. Week 13 picks against the spread. Week 13 in the National Football League. And a league where they play for... Hey. 
Game number one, the Detroit Tigers. God, Detroit Tigers. Detroit Lions going against the Chicago Bears. Bears favorite minus three. Bears got absolutely embarrassed on Sunday Night Football last week. While Detroit, first game with their new interim coach, the genius that decided it was a bright idea to throw the ball at the one-yard line in Super Bowl 49 with Marshall Lynch in the backfield. That is Daryl Bevel as the Detroit Lions gave uh, Mike Patricia and Bob Quinn, the GM, their walking papers last uh, Saturday. Their last game out uh, on Thanksgiving, they got absolutely embarrassed by the Texans. I will take the Detroit Lions to win this game. 20 to 17. My Bengals at the Miami Dolphins. My Bengals last time out did their Bengal thing, provide you some false hope, and break your heart at the end when they got absolutely embarrassed. No, not embarrassed, but embarrassed themselves against the against the Detroit uh, against excuse me against the New York Football Giants. As far as the Miami Dolphins are concerned, coming off of last week, and this, and if you remember, this is the Tank Bowl game that decided who got the number one pick in the draft, and Cincinnati nearly ruined my Christmas because out of all the games they decided to play hard to win a football game, they decided it was the game to decide the number one pick they were going to do so, and luckily they lost in overtime, uh, which locked up the number one pick which uh, got us Joe Burrow, only for us to uh, ruin him, not even uh, through his uh, rookie year. Dolphins, when it comes when it comes to how they performed last time out, um, let's see who's there. I think, uh, I don't think Tua is going. Let me double check that while I have you all here. Tua, let's see. Tua, questionable with his thumb injury, so we'll see come 1 o'clock how that goes. It doesn't matter if Tua's starting, Fitzpatrick starting, or Dan Marino is starting. I'll take the Dolphins to win this game 31-17. Indianapolis favored minus 3. Favored by a field goal going up against the Texans, who, like I said, aforementioned, won on Thanksgiving Day. Indianapolis got embarrassed by the Texans, or excuse me, by the Titans last week. I'll take Indianapolis to win 27-21. Jacksonville going up against Minnesota. Minnesota favorite minus 9.5. I will take the Vikings to win 30-20. The Raiders, who got absolutely embarrassed on the road, Against the lame duck Atlanta Falcons, go on the road to play the Jets yet without a win. Raiders favorite minus eight and a half. I'll take the Raiders to win this game 28 21. Saints favored by a field goal minus three, stomped on the quarterbackless uh, Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta Falcons, Denver Broncos. I, I apologize last week. Going up against the Atlanta Falcons is their opponent who beat the living dog crap out the Raiders. Saints favored by a field goal. I'll take the Saints to win 28-21. Cleveland going on the road against the uh, Tennessee Titans. Tennessee for minus five and a half. Give me Tennessee to win the game 26-21. Giants going on the road to play the Seattle Seahawks, whose favorite minus 10. Giants took care of business against my Bengals last week. Um, took care of business against my Bengals last week. Uh, Daniel Jones will not play. It will be Colt McCoy starting instead. Daniel Jones out with a hamstring injury. 
going up against the Seattle Seahawks who took care of business against the Giants division rival Eagles on Monday Night Football uh, on Monday night. I will take the Seahawks to win this game 31-17. Rams favored by field goal against the Arizona Cardinals. Give me the Cardinals to win this game 26-23. Eagles going up against the Green Bay Packers. Eagles, like I said, aforementioned, lost on Monday night against the uh, Seattle Seahawks at home. They go on the road to play Green Bay, who would absolutely beat the living crap out of the Bears on Sunday night. Give me Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, 30-17. to Green Bay favorite minus, minus 9.5. The Patriots go on the road to Hollywood to take on the Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers, uh, and thanks to Anthony Lynn and his genius Hall of Fame-worthy time management, lost last week on the road against the Buffalo Bills, while the Patriots' last-second field goal by uh, Nick Folk took care of business against the Cardinals last Sunday. Uh, I will take the Chargers to win this game 26-24. Denver going on the road to play the Kansas City Chiefs, who beat the crap out of them back in October. Why this game is on Sunday Night Football, I will never, well, I do understand because everyone wants to, you know, placate the Patrick Mahomes and jam Mahomes down our throat 9,000 times. I, I, I don't mind watching Mahomes play as long as he's going up against some competition. I, watching Mahomes go up against a team that whose quarterbacks all tested positive for COVID because they were dumb enough not to wear masks. I, that that's not entertaining. That's not entertaining, intriguing television to me. And no one wants to see Mahomes beat. Why? Why do you think no one watched? Why do you think no one got a kick out of Brady going up against those teams in AFC East all those years? It's nothing. There's nothing fascinating unless you're a fan of that team. Watching a watching a quarterback who's by far the best player on the field on on both uh, sidelines beat the living dog crap out of a team on, on in front of a nationally televised audience. Chiefs favorite minus 14, minus two touchdowns. I will take the Chiefs to win this game 41 to 10. Buffalo favorite minus two and a half going against the San Francisco 49ers. Buffalo, like I said, aforementioned, took care of business at home against the Chargers. San Francisco, last second field goal to beat the Rams on the road. This game will be played at in Arizona, so Arizona State Farm Stadium will host two games this weekend, or excuse me, in week 13. Santa Clara County kicked the 49ers out of Levi Stadium for the next uh, two, three weeks or so. So they will play their home games in Glendale. Buffalo Fairmont soon have Buffalo making their return to the same building where they fell victim to the Hail Mary. Give me Buffalo to win the game 27-17. That game will be on Monday Night Football. Washington and Pittsburgh will precede it. Washington, uh, last time out, took care of business against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, while Pittsburgh won and survived yet another game to improve to 11-0 on the season. Their favorite minus 8.5 uh, by the hair of their chinny-chin-chin took care of business against the Ravens. Give me the Steelers to win this game in a close one, 21-17. The Cowboys going up against the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson should be back by Tuesday. This game will be on Tuesday on your local Fox station. Dallas, they are dead. They are finished. They are not winning the division. They are not making the playoffs. 
Uh, after that, another embarrassing Thanksgiving performance against Washington. Uh, Ravens looking to bounce back. Three-game losing streak. Haven't won a game since week nine. Uh, on the road against the Colts. Have not won. Let me find that for y'all right quick. I don't think... Let me see the last time the Ravens have won a home game. Ravens have not won a home game since they beat the Bengals 27-3 on... What day was that? What day was that? What day was that? On... Um, let me get you the day. On uh, October the 11th. Ravens have not won a home game since October the 11th when they beat my Bengals 27-3. Looking to get off the losing streak Schneid and getting off of... And looking to get off the Schneid in general losing three straight. Um, their favorite minus seven. Give me the Ravens to win this game 27-17. to 17. And those are your weak 13 picks in a league where they play for pay. And it was a short episode, not much going on in the sports world. Uh, so, uh, you know, and and the only main sport that's in season at this point in December still is the National Football League. Um, so I gave you all, you all you need to know as far as Week 13 of the National Football League is concerned. Um, and I'll be back with you on Wednesday to recap it all from uh, from Browns and Titans to Cowboys and Ravens. I'll wrap it all up for you come uh, next week's program on Wednesday. But that's your show. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Amatelica TIS podcast. If you're new to the program, please subscribe. Follow your boy on Twitter and Instagram at the J Shield. Follow the show on Instagram at Amatella underscore podcast and the show on Twitter at Amatella underscore it TIS. It's your boy, Jai Shields. Talk to you on Wednesday. Y'all have a great and safe weekend. Enjoy the football. Talk to you then. See ya.